Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Cheap Seats. We are a podcast on the, that talks about the English Premiership. We talk all things English Premiership from our vantage point. That is The Cheap Seats. We were talking about earlier Arsenal, the ability for you to get tickets at, at the Emirates these days. And yeah, the tickets we'd be able to afford are the cheaper ones. And so... Yeah, cheap seats. Um, remember that this show is brought to you, not brought to you, but sponsored uh, by Classic Shirts ZA. Um, and so you can go out and check out their merchandise. They really have great football kits, but also please do subscribe on our YouTube channel, One World Sports Radio. We'll be bringing you a lot of rugby content this month because people are going to France and it's going to be... An interesting one because I think a certain short Frenchman is going to kill us um, somewhere along the way, Antoine Dupont. But anyway, let's talk about the kit of the week with Seth Rugby. Because we won this weekend, Kent, I was like, why not? Why not? Uh, I recently got this one as well, Kent. Really, really loving it. Um, I think it's it looks good. It reminds us of the good old days with that little you know, Invincibles fixture run there on the side. Um, Really love it. And yeah, Kent, I know you've got it. How do you feel wearing it? How did you feel on Sunday wearing it? It's quite funny. I actually got this kit when um, Adidas made a mishap and they put Mm. 32 only out of the 38. So I was in a predicament whether to send it back or keep it. And I think maybe having the, the, the weird one or the, the, the uh, one that does that hasn't got all the fixtures, probably one that could be more valuable if we do have a good season. But yeah, um, it, it was a kit that I wasn't sold on immediately, mm-hmm. but it has definitely grown on me a lot. I like the white, how it stands out. Um, and it looks a lot of these kits look better on in person or on the pitch. So you're a big fan, big fan. Well, not that green monstrosity that we wake it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, AB, how did Adidas. it feel seeing that? Hmm? Well, I mean, Arsenal and Adidas knew what they were doing with the gold, right? Um, yeah. Are we going to talk about the gold? <laughs> <laughs> we were yeah, celebrating the gold trophy of the Invincibles 20 mm. years ago. Cool. Yeah. cool. We're the only team that has a gold April. trophy. They were set in April, not in May, um, AB. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this. The guy who designed it was like really lazy. He was like, "Ah, it's like ten games to go. Let's just chuck some gold in there. It'll be fine." <laughs> can't lose it from here. Let's give them something. Yeah, and then mm, little did he know that Mikel Arteta's men are a problem. AB, how are you feeling after Sunday? Uh, Manchester United losing in the most. Yeah, look- Dramatic of circumstances in the final 10 minutes of that game. You Arsenal people like made that into a dramatic game. It should have been like three, four nil down in before half time. Saka missed some chances. Sorry. Yeah, Saka missed a chance. Havertz missed a blinder. I think I think you you let it become dramatic and like this great win. You shouldn't be celebrating a win against Man United. Dean can tell you this. Like Like the fact that you beat us. You know how ready I was to say, oh, it's, I guess only certain teams from North London can beat United. Yeah. And then you guys go and play. It was in the draft, right? Right, ready to get sent. Kent, 
when Garnacho scored that goal? <laughs> I was there. What were you I, feeling? I was at the stadium at the game. I remember just putting my face in my hands and it was I, I, I was like almost weepy. I was like, how have we let this happen? We've dominated the game. And this anti-football Burnley-esque kind of style of play is actually going to undo us at home. Um, and then I just heard some someone started cheering. And then they said, no, they're looking at a potential offside. And then, uh, yeah, loud, loud cheers. And then, yeah, after that, it was just bedlam with the two goals after that. But um, United almost did a smash and grab, which is a bit embarrassing. Yeah. Yes. Because to a certain extent, I wasn't. I also wasn't happy with the way we were playing. Obviously, it was a low block, and United were being uh, Burnley esque. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just like, guys, you can do this better. But Fabio Vieira for me, Kent, Kent is should be taking over from Kai's spot. I think he's he's there. He gets it. He sees it. Um, and yeah, he's matured a lot uh, in the past. Um, in the, in, I think he's showed a lot of maturity this season so far. He looks. A bit bigger than he used to be. He was very, very small in stature. So, um, but on the other end, I don't know if we should keep on rolling the dice with Kai. His confidence will just either plummet, or if he gets a goal, he might just get that confidence back. It, it's it's for sure that it's a confidence issue, though. He looks he's so scared to make a pass because he knows the criticism he'll get if it if it doesn't happen. And that's pr- pretty much what happened on the day with the pass to um, I think it was Ericsson. Ericsson, yeah. So, yeah, he's lacking confidence where Vieira, on the other hand, has a lot of it. Maybe maybe Kai should be speaking to Vieira behind the scenes. Well, Kai needs to be speaking to Mikel Arteta because it seems like Arteta is going to persist. He was yeah. like, he's using the same strategy on Kai that he used on his wife. And then they <laughs> asked him, what did you do? And then he was like, I was persistent. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. So going to be starting. My manager's throwing those stories out. I'm asking for it. <laughs> Are, are you guys going to issue a club statement soon? We have a template. We'll be coming yeah. to you. We'll be coming to you, AB, for those templates. Okay, <laughs> let's go. This week, so transfer window closes, and then all of a sudden you're hearing these rumblings out of Saudi Arabia, which kind of makes sense because the player is the player, right? So, Liverpool could most likely be offered 200 million for Salah before that Saudi Arabian window closes tomorrow on the 7th. It currently was a 150 on a phone call. I'd have taken it. I would have. Um, but it's 200. And the question is, 200 million for Salah tomorrow as the Saudi Arabian window closes, your transfer window is closed. Does Liverpool take it? Dean? I think you take it and you run, to be honest. Like, having thought about this a few times, and I think there's a couple of angles which we could cover here, but for me, the big thing is everyone and their grandma was telling Spurs to sell Kane because you're not going to get that kind of money and his age and fine, he only had a year of contract left and whatever. But you can't then all of a sudden turn around and say, hang on, don't don't sell Salah, don't sell Salah, don't sell Salah. Mm. And to be honest, Spurs were in a, are, or could be seen in a worse position. It's not like we have a number nine just hanging around ready to take the reins. Like everyone thought Richarlison is a guy. He's not that guy. And if you look at that Liverpool squad, I mean, it's not like they don't have talent up front. I'm not saying they have another Salah in the wings, but I do think a Gakpo, a Darwin, a Jota, 
can do the job up front. Like, it's not that they don't have the sort of facilities to do it, you know? Like, they can easily still put out a, a world-class front three and be able to, to sort of compete at least. So, for me, Liverpool, really stupid to not take... I mean, I, everyone knows the 150 was on the table. I would have... The 150 should have been taken. And they're going to... A lot of the Liverpool fans are saying it's because if it happened earlier in the window, probably would have taken it. But because it happened so late that they couldn't find a replacement and, you know, whatever excuses they are. But you have the the bench back up to at least get you to January. And then in January, you can go and chase whoever you want to and then kind of take it from there. Where, yeah, for me, I don't see why they wouldn't. I think it is 100% just pure sentimental value and they want to keep Salah. And Salah is Liverpool. Liverpool is Salah. So bad business decision but like you also can't negate the footballing sort of sentiment mm. that they have towards Salah so catch 22 but on a pure business side of football 100% should have taken it AB they spent the past couple of years trying to find a replacement for Salah that's essentially why they got Nunes they got Go, uh, Gakpo they got all these guys they even got Cavalio at one point everyone thought Cavalio would be the guy mm. uh, 200 million tomorrow as a Saudi window oh, closes. Are you taking him? Taking the money or staying with Salah? 100% take it. You, you can't replace Mo Salah right now. Maybe there's like two players in the world, like Vinny and Mgape, who can like come in. Maybe Niedermeyer, I don't know, who could come in and fill that role, right? Um, but like, sell him now. Don't buy anyone in Jan because the window is screwed in Jan anyway, and the market's just like the worst place to be. Um, and go, but go into like the free agent market right now. You've got Jay Lings, who's like doing nothing right now. You've got mm. Eden Hazard, who's rested for like three years, like he is fresh, right? Just go and get a free agent, promote someone from your youth team, just take the 200 mil, and then you can go back to being net spend FC. You know what I mean? Because like right now, they're not. They're no longer net spend FC. Kent, there are these jokes that people are saying on Twitter or X, saying that take the 200 million and go to Arsenal and get sucker for 150. How dare they? All that. All that. <laughs> How dare they? So, from your Whoa. perspective, hang you on. Take the money for sucker. Hang on. Yeah. No, Would no, you no. sell sucker for 150? Surely. Uh, no, I wouldn't. We, we compare apples and eggs in a sense here because, or apples and pears, because Saka's 22, Salah's 31. I think there's more to come from Saka, and I think we could actually get more for Saka if you see how the trajectory of this market's going. Um, let's say he's just signed a new deal, he's got four years left on his contract. In two years' time, if someone offered me uh, 150, but maybe by that stage, um players like i don't know let me think players like (laughs) players like darwin nunez could be going for 150 by then or something stupid like that so i i think that's just knee jerk i think saka is also very much a sentimental player but i do think he has a price i'll I'll say that he has a price are you taking the money for salah 200 million um yeah i'm taking the money for salah i think i think liverpool can survive uh, without Salah, I think they've got enough um, attacking prowess. I think that their issues are in defence, 
not really an attack. If Salah was to, um, uh, let's say, not play until Jan in a Liverpool team, mm-hmm. I think they will, they, will, they will keep up with the pack. And I think they can then heavily, they can do so much with 200 million in January and then in the market after that. And, and I, I do think he's leaving anywhere at the end of the season. So um, I, I think Salah will go to Saudi where it's now. Otherwise, he's definitely going at the end of the season. But so. he's out of contract, so it's either two hundred million now or two hundred million later. It might be one hundred million later. Yeah, I, I think that's just to keep his value. You don't want to be leveraged out of a deal. But I think um, I think Salah could also regress with age. Potentially, mm-hmm. that's the risk of waiting a year. Same with Kane. Same with anyone. The player might not. Be putting out the output that he currently is. So you want to sell him when you think he's in his prime. Um, I don't know. Only ben, Benzema and some other special players have kind of still mm. um, increased their output after the age of 31, 32. Maybe Giroud, someone like that. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting. But Cyrus, where do you weigh... Because the window's closed, right? And a lot of clubs have always wanted to replace players before they let them go, regardless of the money, right? And we look at the whole Zhao Palinia situation with, with Fulham, right? Uh, McTominay didn't want to leave Manchester United and bloody Zhao Palinia was stuck and Bayern Munich kicked being told to go, go back. Is that the answer for Liverpool as Jean actually enters the chat as well? This is a wild podcast. But... 200 million decision, what do you do? First and foremost, um, you don't take the 200 mil now. As much as you guys want to be able to to say yes, take the money and run, the realities for Liverpool are quite extensive here. We know how important the player is to the club historically. Then we also look at it from a performance perspective. Yes, they might be able to tread water, but do they want to do that? Is that really what you want to do as Liverpool? You want to be able to, to at least try and ensure that you are within that top four, at least top four chasing space. So I can totally see why the club is saying there's no ways Mm. that we'll take this money now. It just will derail absolutely everything. The next thing from here is what happens in a club versus manager issue where the club says, you know what, 200 mil is just way too much for us to ignore. And yeah, we're selling him. Then Jürgen Klopp is like, that's it, I'm out. They then have two massive headaches the first one being how do you replace a seller which, which you can't do spurs will find that out about harry kane um the second <laughs> thing is no but, but then you don't try you don't try to replace mm. seller that's the difference the other thing is how do you replace Klopp? because he's also at a point where what is he doing this for right um it can't just be oh you know i love this city so much he also wants to to try and achieve stuff and Salah gives them the opportunity to not necessarily the, the fact that they will be pushing, but when he's there, they are actual contenders for something, whether it be a European trophy, whether it be a continental, um, sorry, a domestic trophy, or even, even the league, who knows? But let's also then look at the numbers here. And this is where the whole debate about the sucker sexuals comes in. Bukayo Saka, <laughs> 150 mil, and you'd say no. I can see why you'd say that when you spent 100 mil on Declan Rice, because then it means that 100 mil doesn't really mean much. And then you're looking at at Salah and you're saying, okay, 
Salah at 200 mil at 31 years old, well, then he must be better than him because he's younger, X, Y, and Z. Salah's won the damn league. Salah's scored 19 goals last season, 23 goals the season before that. So oh, it's not exactly the same. But my, my, my point is, he wasn't 200 mil at 22. And he was, so when he you, was in Rome or something like that at 20. Yeah. Well, actually, he might have been at your academy and getting sold. Oh, he, never, <laughs> he never came to our academy. But my point yeah. is, the value, rotting the value is not the same. The value no, is not it. the same. You know, and, and so that's the thing where I look at this and I say, yes, it's all one good for us to turn around and say, no, not our mm. player. But 200 mil is a heck of a lot of money, but Liverpool would be absolutely foolish to take that right now. Let's hear from the person who's going to say, nah, not our player. Jean, thanks for joining us. 200 million. Are you taking it? No. <laughs> Think with your head, Josh. Think with your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's 200 million. It's a world record transfer fee. That that money will still be there in this, in January, and and that's six months, which allows us to basically plan ahead properly and uh, not derail our season completely, which would in effect then determine what we can even buy with two hundred million. So, no, no money at this stage is enough. But but you're not no going to get value in Jan. Why not? Because Who's no one gets value. No, no, no. I mean, Liverpool aren't going to get value yeah. in Jan from the market, is what I'm saying. But guys, the, but the thing is, it's not about... I think what John is trying to say is that for a player like Mo, the 200 will still be on the table in Jan. Mm. And even, I think even in the summer, because you still you have him on contract, right? Yeah. Yeah, because... So, so for, for instance, if they're looking... Because he's the number one Arab player in the world. He's top 10, whatever it is. They're obviously going to come, you know. But what's the value that you have on Salah there, Jean? Is it, is it 200 or was it 150, but you just can't sell because it's too late? Um, personally, anything between 175 and 250. You, you you sound like me last that, year with Ken. No, that, that <laughs> sounds, That's exactly it what sounds, it sounds like. But, but it sounds like Jean is saying he would take two hundred million. Um, but <laughs> but I, I would, John, I, I would take two hundred million, but only in January. Yeah, okay, that's the time. Question, right? Only in Jan. So you only in Jan and onwards. Okay, so no, that's it, fair. That's fair. It's been it's been four games in the season so far, right? Let's say you didn't have Salah in that team. Do you think there would be a significant decrease in your performance and i know it's only been four games but do you think that salah has played such an important role already in those four games look at the first because... game of the season look at the first game what, of the season no, but what i'm saying is listen to the question like he's he's already missed a penalty things aren't always going through him as much as they were like um, to me i watched the liverpool game and i'm not like salah's there's def, salah's obviously important in that team but he's not as important as he was two years ago so uh, can I answer this with statistics? Oh, yes, but that honestly, um, that's what I'm asking because I don't see it. That's why I'm saying Salah. Um, Salah is the first person since Mo Salah to have a direct goal contribution ten games in a row, um, and basically he has opened. Uh, he opened the uh, sorry, he opened the season with an assist. Then he got an assist mm -hmm. and a goal. 
Uh, he got another assist for Darwin Nunes against Newcastle and another assist and a goal. So, uh, I mean, he's basically being played out wide a lot more. He's not moving into the central striker's position that he was doing so in the last two seasons, uh, which means that his role in the team is different. Would there be a significant drop-off? No. But it's enough to make us lose points, which are absolutely crucial in a year where we absolutely have no option but to get Champions League football back or even push for a title. Uh, we, we just simply, like, it's, it's just too a vulnerable time for uh, letting go of a player of Mo Salah's calibre. Uh, if you look at um, general assists and goal contributions over the last, uh, I think it's three seasons, I think it's only Lionel Messi who surpasses Mo Salah. You just have to understand what kind of a player we're dealing with here. And the way he keeps and looks after his body means that he can maintain this level for many more years than the average player. So you can be seeing him doing this at the age of 35. Uh, Cristiano thing. Import, um, I wanted to ask also, why mm-hmm. why would Saudi wait so late for a bid? Do you think it's to make Liverpool scramble? Why didn't they approach it earlier? Why surely making a, a decision to put 200 million on the table and think you want the best chance of that being accepted, surely you put it down at the beginning of the window um, as a as a club? Or do you think it's potentially Newcastle's PIF people that are there and they want to sabotage <laughs> Liverpool? I, I just... absolutely love that Kent is out here with the conspiracy.coms because it's in <laughs> essence everything. It's like, you know what? They're trying to kill us. They're trying to kill us. These late bids, who's going to turn down 200 mil? I think I think Newcastle in cahoots, dude. I, maybe. I, so my so the way I think about this, but and I'll go to Jean on this. I think they tried to get Messi at the beginning of the window. And they were focusing on trying to get him because they already had Ronaldo, right? And Benzema was just walked in, right? And all these other stars walked in. And then they looked at what Messi was doing in MLS over the past month. And then they realized they need someone probably to even who who could who could be at that level, right? And to a certain extent, I'd say it's poor planning. I, I wouldn't say it's shithousery. I just think they had like a board meeting two weeks ago and they were Before like... They went for Mbappe. He, they were also looking at trying to get Mbappe into exactly. the league. Exactly, yes. So it's, it's, it's basically been a... You, you can see that they've gone on a progression. We've got Cristiano. Who's next? Oh, Messi. Oh, he's gone to the US. Well, who after that? Oh, you know what? Don't we have a link with those guys in Paris? Let's see if we can get Mbappe. Oh, that hasn't worked out. Well, why mm. don't we go to Liverpool? There's a guy there. I mean, we're seeing it. It's it's literally you know ev- uh, evident for, for us to see. So I think that's one of the reasons why. I don't think it's there's any sort of deeper conspiracy there as much as it might be really awesome to see in the movie starring um, Riz Ahmed as Mo Salah. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, there's I just a- don't see it. There's a Newcastle documentary Ahmed on Amazon Prime, get, by the way. Where's Ahmed is going to have to get jacked for that role. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know how jacked Riz Ahmed is. No, man, he's not that jacked. Yeah. You. Yeah. You don't know how jacked he is. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jean. Final word from you. When the f- news of the phone call came in, how are you feeling? How are the other Liverpool fans feeling? Were you? Were you? You were like, ah, nah, guys, we're going to bed. Salazar, player. Would, did you feel like his head was turned? Uh, honestly, as soon as Saudi Arabia entered football as a player, uh, Liverpool fans were already discussing when are they going to come in for the most influential Arab player of all time. Mm. 
And so it was not at all a surprise. Um, what was absolutely a surprise was how late they did it in the window, as you guys say. And I think, honestly, that does come down to bad planning because they, as you mentioned, they just went off the list, like, let's go for this one, let's go for this one. Honest, uh, my, my gut feel is that if they had come in with a 200 million bid at the start of the window, Liverpool would have just snapped their hands off and said, fine, we'll cut our losses and we'll plan accordingly. Um, and um, But now, I mean, it, it's, it was expected. And now we're kind Enough. of just counting down the time until it's a case of when Mo leaves, not if. Final like, one before we go to the, the team in Manchester that went crazy this weekend. At what date in the window would you have sold him? Was it two weeks before the window? Was it three weeks? If it was a month before the window closed, would you have taken the 200 million or even the 150? Uh, I'd say a month. Uh, that's the absolute latest. I'd say a month because you have to also realize how much you're going to be extorted by other teams once they know you're in the market for a right winger. And you have 200 million. <laughs> there we go. Who's the right final, winger final. you're looking for? Yeah, that's my question. Who do you ultimately replace? <laughs> um, I have to get his name right uh, because I, I just always mess it up. But it um, uh, Quicha, no, Quicha uh, from Napoli. Ah, Quaraj- Ooh, yeah, like yeah. That. That guy. You, you wouldn't get him because you talked about extortion. There is no bigger club. At, at <laughs> Actually, I think it's Napoli and Brighton. Like if they know you've got money, the price yeah. changes by the minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to visit Naples actually next week. So I'm excited um, to see the mafia in action. <laughs> the, fa- the fact that you said it on air means the price has gone up already. <laughs> the price of the pizza has just gone out. out. Yeah. Watch yeah. like, this okay, guy's cool. <clears throat> Speaking about right wingers. A right winger match that has done pretty much nothing since he arrived. And um, everyone was laughing at Pepe. Um, but we still are. We'll... We're still laughing at Pepe. <laughs> but there's a curious case of Jaden Sancho, and his manager was throwing shade at him on Sunday uh, when many people asked what was he doing outside of the match day squad. ETH said no, he didn't train well in the week, um, taking a bit out of uh, out of out of Mikel Arteta, and then. Jaden Sancho did something we didn't expect, we don't actually see players do, is actually write a statement about his manager and saying that effectively what he was saying was rubbish. And um, yeah, AB, how do you feel about the drama after, you know, going 3-1 down, you've lost to Arsenal, a game you could have won if you still... Oh, oh, by the way, have you figured out the whole line situation like all the other Manchester United fans who don't know what parallel lines yeah. mean? You know, the, the line, the line needs to just go curve around. They're <laughs> not sure, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> That's how lines but, work. but how do you feel about the situation with Sancho? Your guys, I I see Sancho leaving. Hey, I think he's going to Saudi. I think if tomorrow, <laughs> he could. I mean, I don't see a route back for him because the last time a player did something similar was CR7 with ETH the other day, right? And it's unprofessional from both people. Like, ETH could have made up some silly excuse in the presser, but he was under pressure because he's lost two games now. Uh, he played Harry Maguire, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> and then he forced Sancho's hand. Now, like, if a player is not training well, 
for whatever reason, deal with it in the dressing room behind the scenes, leave it at that, make an excuse and move on. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm worried about ETH this season. He spent a lot of money um, on some big players and he seems like the dressing room is missing something. Like people aren't happy, clearly, because stuff like Martial was as useful, may as well have been Sancho on that on that field because he was not there. So there's a lot going wrong with United and I think the manager's feeling it. I think the players are feeling it and I think something's got to give. But I don't see Jaden Sancho playing for United again. I think he's gone. If I was the manager, I would, I'd, 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 I'd send well, him somewhere cold. Hang on, can can I can I ask a question here? Yeah. Though? Because, you know, Erkin Hug and I've sort of been trying to sprinkle these breadcrumbs over the last couple of podcasts, but he's just he's just doesn't seem up for it, does he? Um, you know, this, <laughs> I'm like worried. every Excuses week there's something, and it's not even necessarily the excuses. Oh, no. The performances <laughs> haven't necessarily been great. The players are now acting up. Somebody you've spent tons of money on is basically saying, "No, that's BS. What this guy's saying is nonsense." And I've given everything for every manager. Blah 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 blah. All of that stuff, right? I, I look at the, the the key thing in all of this is what does Ten Hag gain from saying mm. Sancho was left out? because he trained poorly and if it is to try and get a rise out of sancho then oh mission accomplished he's done that but i just don't see are there any ten hog ride or dies in this team because i have a feeling that the the revolt is coming from within and bruno fernandez is going to be the guy leading it probably as he dives onto the floor Ah, sorry. He's is it done. the same revolt but, that got Ole out? Because it feels I, like I don't know. But, but think about think about the Rashford situation where Rashford was late for training, right? Like mm. that's that's black and white, right? Like you were either late or you weren't. He called him out. Rashford responded, etc. I think Garnacho had something very similar as well. Wasn't training well, but that we heard behind the scenes, like we heard like when Fab or Kent like told us. Mm. Um, Garnacho had a vape in one of his Insta stories that he remembered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be worse Insta stories about this kid. Don't, don't just, just wait. Okay, just wait. But I agree with you, Sarah. Something is, something's wrong. There, there's something rotten there in the club. Dean, you've experienced a situation like this, and I'm going to take you back to Tottenham's premier series. Um, with 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 Mourinho there, that that Apple whatever podcast series that Newcastle's trying to do as well, um, and it was him and what's his face, Rose, Danny Rose, and obviously Mourinho was doing the same thing, but he outed him literally in front of millions of people in the world, obviously who watched the show, and it created such a weird environment afterwards because I kind of felt like. This thing can go two ways, right? The player can get a rise, as Sarah says, and be better. But then other players can look at this and go, but am I also one mistake away from you kicking me out of the match day 23 or 17, whatever it is, and then also outing me on Sky Sports after you've clearly botched a game because you then somehow had Maguire and Evans at centre-back, which was weird. Um, but yeah, like you've experienced this with Mourinho and Rose and Dele Alley and everything else. And how, did, what do you think the United, the other United players are thinking at this point in time? Yeah, I think we can't ignore the fact that 
this was a tactic that was used by coaches previously. You know, Mourinho has done it with like Samuel Lito. I think he did it with him at Inter and stuff like that, where it is a tactic that has been done before, but the type of player in 2023 is not the same type of player that was there in 2005 mm. or late 90s. Like they, they don't react to this criticism and open criticism the same. And that's where I think coaches are falling back on previous methods to try and get a rise out of a player. Because to me, that's why Ten Hag does it. He does it to try and say, well, you know, pick up your socks. Like if you actually want to play and take Martial's place, who Is he... I think any, any of us five could probably <laughs> take Martial's place no. out of that, in that starting 11. At but United. there's another issue at the right. It's Anthony. He, isn't but won't be playing much more that, that issue's <laughs> been solved but it also comes back to what is he what also going to go tough eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems like it's next season <laughs> it's, but it also does it does seem a little bit like ten hog has his sort of favorites in that squad and guys that have played under him previously mm. where he does give them a little bit more leeway which is exactly what Jaden sancho is also saying that Anthony looks like a fidget spinner still on that pitch and he's getting game time more than me, you know? And there's definitely players that are in that squad mm. which you can't tell me they are sort of performing in an, in, day in, day out on the training pitch because that's not what's coming out on the pitch when they're playing. So I hear Jaden Sancho's point of view. And to be honest, I think we can also agree that that kid does have quality in him and perhaps a move away from United is the best thing for him to try and get away from that sort of talks. There's a lot of Spurs fans that are calling for Sancho. Like, a lot. So, do you take Chelsea wanted him. (sighs) Chelsea wants everyone, right? Chelsea wants everyone. So, let's leave. I would, I think I would take him just because <laughs> you pretty much would take anybody right now. Yeah. You would, you will. Take I don't know about people. anybody. I mean, <laughs> that, that sucker guy. I'm not, I'm not Guys, sold. Sancho, I would take Marcio, Sancho. Yeah, wait for It's why he's bad. He's really bad. <laughs> We'd rather have that Emil Smith Rowe. He seems Uh-oh. a top notch player. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you look at that United side and it's still. All of us were kind of saying United are going to finish top four this season, probably, or somewhere up the table. There is not a chance, judging by the way these past four games have gone. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. They could turn it around, but that place looks terrible. I, can, I, can I please say something? As yes, a non-United I fan, I think United's issues... The Sancho thing's not going to derail them. The kid's not been playing anyway. So I don't yes. necessarily think that that's major when it comes mm. to on-pitch stuff. And I also feel as if Hoyland is going to absolutely unlock something in this team. Because right now they've been playing with Martial and Martial has been the ghost of Martial for the last few seasons. You don't often see players go out on loan to a, a separate country, come back and are immediate successes in their team. It just doesn't happen. Mm. So Cyrus, I think that was hardly playing though. He was injured for most of the season. Exactly. Uh, United were playing who um, up front? This Wait, did Martial um, go yes, on loan? Yes, to Sevilla. Oh my word! He did. Yes, last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't even know. That. I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even miss him. And so you also had like uh, uh, Verghorst who played last season, and so everybody was like, "Well," uh, and Verghorst played a heck of a lot of games. Now maybe, maybe yeah. Hoyland is is going to be the new Verghorst, but 
he does seem to have a goal or two in him more than Vote did. And I think that will be the critical thing. So, so he's got three goals. Yeah. That's going to be more. Fair, if Hoyland scores three goals this season, that's like 33% of his all-time goals. Yes. And, so, and that's you it. Know, that's so, massive, guys. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. And, and to, to go from that point, to, to almost uh, lead it into AB, look at the United fan base and tell me that right now you're currently going through the absolute doldrums. Anthony has looked horrid from the time you've signed him, and now there's off the pitch issues. Just a problem. Exactly, all of that. But then Hoyland starts to weigh in with goals, and he starts to become the, the, the mini Erling Haaland. No one's going to say anything. Because suddenly, yeah, I know Kent, I know, but uh, it, <laughs> I, I saw that. the exact same reaction when they compare the two. Everyone's like, yeah, they're just from the same neighborhood, <laughs> same neighborhood. Same but but the point being that if they've if Haaland starts scoring goals like Rashford mm. did last season, suddenly everything changes at United. Do you mm. think the fan base then looks at Eric Ten Hag and says, this guy's out of his depth? Or do they say, oh, he just needs he, he needs time? I, I, I see a regression in United's style of play since last season. you expecting a, t- a coach that has been backed, whether Wahid says it's backed or not, whatever. He's been given more money than uh, 90% of the league. And you expect to see some sort of um, style of play improving you, you expect to see players like understanding what ten hog wants the, from them i in the first four games from united uh they've been lucky to get two wins and they could have snuck a, a, a draw or a win against arsenal but no one is convinced by their style of play by the relationship ten hog has with their players it looks like it's starting to go backwards it's still very early to call but um it, it's not so, looking promising. I don't know if one player like Hoyland can just turn that all around. He could, but there's so many other um, problems in that team. I don't think that sorts Ken, out. You don't believe that this international or... break will be the best international break of, of, of ETH's life, similar to what Mikel had to yeah. turn the ship around? Guys, Hoyland could get injured playing for Denmark. Exactly. So, so, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this to close it out, right? United's next fixtures. I'm going to name the next five. Brighton next. It's Brighton. But wait. No, 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 no. Wait. 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 They've got Bayern Munich away. (laughs) Harry Kane. (laughs) Then they have Burnley. Then they have Crystal Palace in the EFL Cup and Crystal Palace again in the Premier League, right? Yo, that EFL Cup must be nice. Tell me how many points are gonna, <laughs> how many wins are coming out of there? Out of the next four. So yeah, I'll, I don't even know if you'll win the, the Carabao Cup, but oh, we have to guys defending champs. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tough competition this year. And they were playing yeah. League One opposition, so they should be winning. But if we took Brighton, Bayern Munich, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. How, how many home what, games? How many home best games? case scenarios. Because because uh, I think United home games. Brighton's at home. Bayern yeah. Munich's away. Burnley's yeah. at away, but yeah, you know what Burnley. I mean. Manchester yeah. United, and then Crystal Palace is home. Okay, so two. I say two wins, two losses. We'll lose to Burnley. We'll lose to Bayern. 
Because remember, Burnley guys beat us at Old Trafford like three days ago. Oh, in a closed doors friendly. Doesn't matter. Johnny Evans and played. He's going to play again. I'm going 2 2. I've spoken. I, I, go, <laughs> I, think, I think United's best result against Brighton is a draw. Mm. Uh, Brighton looked really good against Newcastle. Um, Even with Ansu Fati. Well, they, they, they've got more enforcements. Ansu didn't even come on. Yeah. They beat Newcastle <laughs> 3 0 without Ansu. Imagine if he starts. <laughs> I honestly think they could lose every single one of those games. I honestly yeah, but Bernie am, am, terrible. Bernie are not. Yeah. Burnley are Burnley not good. Burnley, are Burnley, Burnley on the weekend play like Vincent Company's got them trying to play this like possession football, which is very weird for a Burnley team, and it's not really clicking. So that's what they played last season in the championship. The difference yeah, is yeah, the position. He's tried to bring yeah. us into the Premier League, and it's not working. Burnley's man. manager is a better defender than anyone Man United have. <laughs> Look, I, I can't be the person on this podcast thinking that Man United will probably get more results out of this run of fixtures than most people do. Because I do think that they'll lose in Munich, but I think it will be one of those losses that gets the fans thinking, well, we weren't that bad. I mean, if they'd lost to Arsenal 2-1, and perhaps the goals weren't so late, it would have been like, a, okay, we expected to lose, but it wasn't that bad. But I do think, though, Brighton are a weird team this season. That, yes, they look fantastic against Newcastle, but then they're just blowing hot and cold. And mm -hmm. I'm just not sure um, at, at a game a game at Old Trafford is really going to be what Brighton picked themselves up for. Because they will leave themselves exposed at times. Yeah. And when you have Rashford actually playing off the left and looking like somewhat of a threat, and they have a, an actual striker in Hoyland in the middle um, with a potential Amrabat somewhere running around, then this could be a... a, a slightly different United. And so I'm not one to write them off. Maybe it's the scars of having faced these um, B-words for so many years that I just keep thinking... <laughs> you can say West, Ham, West, Ham did, West Ham beat Brighton 3-1 with like 27% possession because they just played them on the break. That's so West Ham. to play the exact same way they did against Arsenal, which is very similar to what West Ham that, but that's but that's the United well. that's the United style United style isn't swashbuckling anymore they they ditched that quite a bit uh, like quite quite a, uh, a while ago I think the thing with United now is that they're trying to get the most out of the players that they have and when you look at the guys who are on the pitch I mean they they have some guys who could actually win some games and as much as Anthony is a bit of a laughing stock and I've been leading that charge he has he does have a bit of a goal in him now and again and I think that a team like Brighton might be the team he actually scores against okay. yeah and in essence I think for me that's that's essentially what I think Manchester United will end up it's just they're going to be playing off the counter the whole time I don't know how AB feels about that um, because I think our, our last manager did that really well, and then we fired him. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, firing! So, hurt. Outside, outside of a dressing room revolt, um, Manchester United could do something because Brighton are very open at the back. But anyway, but Harry Kane comes back, and Dean's gonna be so happy to watch Harry Kane put it again um, oh, against Manchester United. United. You guys. You guys tend to forget what Bayern Munich looked like in the Champions League last season. 
Um, yes. They weren't that rampant team who were tearing people apart, and they haven't been that team in the Bundesliga this season. Um, don't be surprised if it's a if it's a, a lot closer of a game than people make it out to be. And yeah, you guys are telling me no, sell Kane to Bayern because he can win the Champions League with them. And now you no, say he can oh, win a trophy. He can win a trophy. He already he won a trophy with Kane. Yeah, like the closest yeah, time to come as last it's season for him. on it. They're just like, look, we need a goal scorer. Maybe the Champions League. But at the very least, Kane can win a league title. He hasn't done that yet, right? Yes, he hasn't. They would have won it anyway, when he was there or not. <laughs> that's not the question. Doesn't matter. It's a trophy. <laughs> and happy 141st birthday. Uh, I don't Dean. think Jack Grealish cared either. <laughs> when he moved. That man just wanted a party. <laughs> and he's got it. Yes. Okay. It's international week. We won't have a podcast next week, but we'll be back in the week after that. Um, once uh, the domestic uh, matches come back in, and we'll probably be talking about North London Derby because we'll be right in that little ambit of it all. But outside of that, guys, thanks, where man. The, before the where is that one? Is that at you guys? Yeah, it's at the Emirates. Ah, uh, yes, it's at it's at the Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. The day before my birthday as well. I'm like, oh, damn. That'll that mean you're I've been there, fantastic. you little shit. I've that been there. Your birthday is going to be great. Because it can't be worse oh. than the day of the actual affair. Yeah. Yes. I used to always play Manchester United in and around my birthday, and it was horrible because it would beat us badly. And there was one Van Persie year that just didn't work out well but anyway so yeah now we sorry love, we love when we play united yes <laughs> i know but they had us hey hey no, gabriel i was traumatized what a defensive play what i was traumatized as a kid <laughs> <laughs> my high school my grade eight and nine was a hell dude yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there I'm... and that's why the tears are few right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> like every time there's some crisis you can be like oh yes Manchester United going through it all, going yeah, through yeah. it all. I don't think there'll yeah. ever be sympathy at any point. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, AB, we don't cry with you this time. We're just, yeah, we're just laughing at the gargantuan club. And I think yesterday was like the worst day on the stock exchange for Manchester United ever. Six hundred million, Shares like, like twenty dollars or something stupid. Yeah, yeah. The I'm pretty sure Telcom is like more expensive than that. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll end it at That's that. <laughs> yes. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. Enjoy the international break. Hopefully your players don't get injured. And yeah, we'll be back on the other side of the international break talking all things Premier League. Have a great time. Goodbye. And les sale kakakiso.